talk about today. Um, the reason that I, I thought that it was important to speak on it today um, was because I feel like there are a lot of opportunities in this season for us to lose peace. As we prepare for uh, uh, the Christmas season, um, we're doing a lot to try to pull it together. Uh, for some of us, uh, this season is a season of happiness as we put up lights on our trees, as we have uh, gatherings with our family members, with our coworkers. Um, there's a, a lot for some of us on our to-do list. Um, we host family gatherings. We got to get gifts. We got to make plans and who to invite over. And, uh, uh, but for some of us, this is a season of anxiety and stress. Maybe as you think about gifts and who to get what and the right gift and what about the cousin and what about the teacher and, and the dog and how much is too much and is, is, is this good enough? Is this not good enough? What is the reaction going to be? And uh, going in the stores and the people in the stores and then trying to get parking and somebody dented the car and, and people not being nice and a attitude and and they saw you going for the last toy, and they went and got it. It's, it's a little, you know, for some of us, it's a little anxiety. For some of us, the season is a season of sadness. Because we reflect and remember those family members and friends who are no longer with us. The season hits differently for each one of us. And recognizing that, recognizing that that is the case, uh, I think that no matter what category best describes us, in this season, we need to grab a hold of and hold tightly to the peace of God. We need to grab hold of and hold tightly to the peace of God. So this series uh, is called Love, Peace, Love, and Joy. And each week I want to kind of go through each one of these things. And uh, as we lead up to our, our Christmas at Limitless service, uh, and just kind of walk through each one of these things. And so uh, let's pray, let's get started, and let's dive in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to be here, God. This is the day that you have made. And so we make a conscious decision to rejoice and to be glad. God, I thank you for uh, just your presence being here. I thank you that our ears are open to hear what it is that you have to say. And our heart is open to receive that word. God, we're here to hear from you. We're here to hear from your word. What is it that you're speaking to us in this moment that we would hear not only the words that are spoken, but what are you speaking to our heart? I pray that it would be all of you and none of me, God. Your word is already anointed, God, so anoint our ears. Thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
So as we talk about peace and as we uh, just look at what that means, the biblical definition of the word peace or in Greek the word is irene or irene, it means calm and tranquility of soul. Calm and tranquility of soul despite external turmoil. So calm and tranquility of soul despite external turmoil. So, so calm in the midst of difficult circumstances. Peace isn't just peace when stuff is all good. It's not what peace is. It's not a, a everything is going well and I'm glad so I have peace. No, uh, uh, peace uh, is good. Uh, peace shows itself. It, it confirms its existence. It proves itself in the midst of turmoil. Real peace is tranquility on the inside despite turmoil on the outside. See, as our, our minds race, as our emotions uh, run, our stresses run high, and our, our patience runs thin, amen, I believe it's important that we operate from a place of peace. Peace. Every day, something is attacking our peace. Every day, something is attacking our peace. Satan uses anything and everything and every opportunity to try to steal our peace. Why? Because he recognizes how valuable our peace is. He recognizes how valuable our peace is. He knows that if we maintain the peace of God in our lives, we can't be defeated. We cannot be defeated. John chapter 14, verse 27. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. He says, Peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Peace. He's talking about his peace here. Jesus differentiates between his peace and the peace that the world offers. Because the world's definition and their remedy of peace is temporary. If you're stressed, if you're worried, if you're suffering from depression, if you got anxiety and you're looking for peace, here's a drug. Here's alcohol. You know what? Here's a vacation. Why don't you go on a vacation? Or why don't you try reading this book? Or why don't you try this diet? Maybe, hey, guess what? We got a brand new religion. Why don't you try that? This world wants you to try everything except Jesus. Why? 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 
Because all of the things that the world offers requires you to come back again and again and again and again and again. But Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened. Okay. Come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened. By what? By what, Jesus? By religious rituals that provide no peace. What do you mean, Jesus? Those things that you keep doing haphazard, just, just keep doing them over and over and over and over and over again, those are, those are rituals. Those are things that you're just doing. And he says, by those rituals that provide no peace. He said, come to me. And I will give you rest. I will refresh your souls with salvation. In this season, I know that there's some of you who, who could use a refreshing. Who've been empty and who've been tired, who've been drained by life, who've been drained by issues, who've been drained by this season. And you're tired. You've tried those things. You, you've tried that. You've tried this and you tried that. I'm, I'm not going to say what you tried because I don't want to get you in trouble. But you've tried it. And he says, come to me, though, and I will give you rest. He says, I'm not going to give you that, that temporary stuff. I'm not going to give you what the world is offering. He says, let my peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. See, the enemy doesn't want you to know that it's possible for you to be calm in every circumstance and that you have strength for every challenge. Because he knows that if you grab the hold of that and if you, if you, if you held on to that, if you recognize that, if you 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 he knows that there's nothing he can do to stop you. There's no challenge that he could present. There's no issue that could arise that would move you because you have reclined. You have rested. You have become seated in the peace of God. Leaving the enemy and all of his attacks and all of his, his, this war that's raging, all of those things he's trying to throw at you, ineffective. He knows because if we serve a God that cannot lie, he said, he said every circumstance and every challenge. He says, I'm going to give you the courage. I'm going to give you the strength for every circumstance. My peace will calm you in everything that you face. So when the enemy tries to attack you, last week we, we talked about how we're in this war and this war is waging. He said, he said eh. it's almost like he's a, a shield around you. And it's just coming in to attack you, and you're just sitting there chilling. You just, I'm good. Why? Because I have the peace of God. Ephesians 6 talks about this. Uh, we, we, we read this, this scripture. I want to continue. Uh, verse 12. We, we read this. He says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood contending with only physical opponents, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. Therefore, 
As a result of everything I've told you, as a result of the fact that I've told you that there's going to be war, I told you that there's going to be wickedness and things that are going to happen, I told you that there's going to be an attack and that there's an attack that's going on, he says, therefore, therefore put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to what? So that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And this is something I've just been, I've been on this all week. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, and victorious. Stand. After you've done everything that the crisis demands, he says, stand. Stand. 14, so stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth, personal integrity, moral courage around your waist, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, that's right standing with God, an upright heart. Here we go right here. This is where I'm at, verse 15. And having strapped on your feet... The gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and readiness produced by the good news. Now, if you don't know me, if this is your first time, people who have been here, my family, one thing you'll notice about me is I'm a fan of shoes. I'm a fan of shoes. I'm, my wife doesn't know it, but I'm battling to see who has more shoes. <laughs> I go in her closet and count, and then I go in my closet. I say, okay, all right, all right. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I like shoes. I like shoes. I, I, I like shoes. I like, I like statement pieces. I like colors. I like uh, 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 exclusive uh, uh, pairs. I, I like the way that they look. I like when I, when I put them on my feet. I owe comfortability. Hallelujah. Amen. I love comfortability in my shoes. Amen. No, oh, come on now. Come on, somebody preaching back there. There we go. No creases. No creases. There are several sneaker heads in the uh, building right now, so they are feeling me right now. Amen. People are pointing at their husbands and sons. Hallelujah. <laughs> but one of the things that I love about shoes is they make shoes for every occasion. To me, shoes are the most important part of the outfit. I don't care why. I will wear all black every Sunday. Don't make me none. But the shoes, Lord willing, they're going to be right. There's shoes for walking, there's shoes for running, there's shoes for, for basketball, there are golf shoes, there are even shoes for relaxing, praise God for Uggs. Amen. <laughs> but the original design and the original reason that shoes were created were to protect the feet of the person wearing the shoes no matter where they walked. 
In the scripture, ancient Roman times, the Roman soldiers wore shoes, but they didn't wear just any shoes. They wore something similar to what football players wear today. They were wearing cleats. These cleats had spikes in them. And the reason that they had spikes, the the purpose of the spikes were so that the wearer uh, who was wearing them, they would be able to have firm footing so that when they faced opposition, they wouldn't easily be moved. When, when something happened or when they were being attacked, they were standing firmly planted in the ground because of the shoes that they were wearing. Paul here is talking to the church at Ephesus, and he's talking to us, and he's telling us to make sure you have on your shoes. Yeah. Make sure you have on your shoes, and as a result of wearing your shoes, you will be fully prepared. We're fully prepared for what? He says we will be fully prepared to face any turmoil or opposition. Why? Because these shoes are the shoes of peace. What type of shoes are you wearing? What type of shoes are you wearing? No, I'm not referring to the brand of shoes that you're wearing. What I'm asking is, is what are you walking in when you're faced with opposition? What are you walking in? What is your response? What is your your instant uh, inclination? What is it that you're walking in when you're faced with life's attacks? Is it fear? Is it worry? Is it anxiety? Is it doubt? Is it unbelief? Are you walking in the lies that the enemy has tried to uh, feed you? What are you walking in? He says that we're to walk in the gospel of peace. Pastor Keenan, I know you like shoes. Uh, One of the problems you have with shoes is you never know where to get them from. So how do I get these shoes of peace? I'm glad you asked. You're such a wonderful congregation. Let me answer that for you. How do I walk in peace? Where does true peace come from? Well, uh, verse 15 in our scripture told us that. I'm going to read it in the New King James. It says, and having shod or covered your feet with the preparation or readiness of the gospel of peace. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that peace comes from the gospel? You mean peace doesn't come from something I can take or something I can drink or something I can participate in externally? No, peace comes from the surety. Peace comes from the safety that I have, the assurance that I have because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when my peace comes from something that's internal, that means there's nothing that exists externally that can take that peace away from me. It's like the old saying, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. See, peace comes from what you know. It doesn't come from what you have knowledge of. It comes from what you know in your knower. It comes from what's confirmed on the inside of you through experience, what you tasted and what you've experienced for yourself. It it comes from uh, uh, what's on the inside of you whenever I talk to seasoned saints. Let me tell you something. Anybody who's been in the Lord 25, 35 years, when you talk to them, they ain't worried about nothing. Mom, my, 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 uh, my mother-in-law, I could tell, 
mom, you don't understand. They said the world going to end tomorrow, mom. She'd be like, okay, it's, it's fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Mom, they're they, they going to they take the house. We can't pay the bills. What, 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 you, what are we going to do? It's, it's fine. Just, let's just pray. It's, it's all right. I'm going wild. And they just calm. Anybody that you talk to, they calm. Why? It's because they know something. It's because they don't walk through something. It's because they didn't have some years in it, son. You, you just got here, son. You, you just, just wait a little while. As you continue to experience God, as you continue to have a relationship with Jesus, you understand for yourself who he is. And that brings you peace. It brings you peace. Because they say, I already know I done been down this road before. I done been here twice. I got a sticker. I got a bumper sticker. I got a t-shirt. You ain't got nothing to worry about. I remember when my wife and I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, we had the opportunity to go to uh, the DCF camp, right? And so we're, we're driving out, and this camp is in the middle of nowhere, okay? Go nowhere and keep driving. That's where this camp is, all right? Uh, I have Verizon, and I brag on Verizon. They didn't pay me for this, so uh, I brag on Verizon because usually I have service everywhere. Uh, not here. Um, not here at all, which, which kind of would make you a little bit nervous. And so my wife is in the car. My sons are in the car with me, uh, and we're driving, and we have to pay, get off of, on, this, on this road. Um, and this, this little road, it's a, a, well, I shouldn't say a road, a dirt path. Because uh, a road would assume that it was paved. It was not. Um, so there's this dirt path, and so uh, we have to go slow on this dirt path, and as we're driving on this dirt path, my wife begins to uh, get a little nervous, get a little nervous, okay? Uh, so we're driving, and, and uh, we're on this dirt path, and we're on this dirt path for a minute, and as the longer that we're on this path, the more nervous she gets, and she's like, baby, are you sure this is the right place? I'm like, yes, babe, I follow the direction. I mean, it just doesn't look like where we're supposed to be. Is there somebody we can call? There's no signs. There's no, are you sure this is where we're supposed to be? Yes, babe, I'm sure this is where we're supposed to be. And then she begins to see deer. <laughs> babe, I think we should just ask somebody because I don't think, we're, how do you even know where you're going? Let me tell you how I know. See, I've been to summer camp before. And I've gone to a lot of summer camps. I've driven teenagers for years to summer camps. And it don't matter where your summer camp is. When you go to summer camp, there's always this road. <laughs> this road is at every summer. It's just, it's like how you know you're there. When the road ends, you made it. And I had the directions, and the directions told me that this road is going to go for a minute, and, and you'll have to keep going, and you follow the little, the little flags that are there, and you'll make it there. And so while she's driving, she's asking me this, I'm calm. Yeah. I'm not upset. I'm, I'm not tripping. I'm, I know where I'm going, and the reason that I'm calm is because I know something. See, I got the directions. I, I've been to camp before. I, I've driven down this road many a times. And so I have a peace that's based on what I know. 
See, our peace has to be based on what we know. Our peace has to be based on the faithfulness of God that has never changed. It can't be based on circumstances or situations because it always changes. Circumstances are always moving around. He says, no, 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 no. You need to base your peace on something that's solid. Peace comes from a, an assurance of what you know and the experience of what you know. That's where peace comes from. In verse uh, 12 of our text that we read, uh, uh, Paul is talking about this struggle. He's, he's talking about this war that we'll encounter. And, and Jesus talks about this same topic uh, in John. As he, he's talking to the disciples um, in verse 16 through 32 of, of John chapter 16. Uh, he, he's, he's telling them what's about to happen. He's like, yo, it's about to go down, okay? Disciples, let's get together. It's about to go down, okay? <laughs> Have a little round table meeting. It's about to get bad, okay? No, Jesus, I'm going to be fine. You're going to be the first one, okay? Uh, you the first one that's going to deny me, okay? Uh, uh, I'm about to go up to the cross, and, and, and there's uh, some things are going to happen. People are going to be scattered all over the place. and It's going to get a little wild. It's going to get a little wild. And so they're tripping, and then we pick up in John 16, verse 33. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. And confidence in the world you will have. He says, in the world you're going to have tribulations. You will have trials. You will have distress. You will have frustration. But be of good cheer. He said, take courage. He said, be confident. He said, be certain. He said, be undefeated. Why? Thank you, Dad. Why? Why? Why should I have courage? Why would I be confident? Why would I be certain? Why would I be undefeated? He says, because I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. He said, I, I already took care of it. What you worried for? I already took, I did it. I've deprived it. Imagine this. Imagine this. He said, I have deprived it of the power to harm you. This is the source of our peace. Because of what Jesus did, we win. We win. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to throw at you. Jesus has already deprived it of power to harm you. You don't have to be in bondage to anything. Jesus has already won. The reason we have peace is because the outcome of this life has already been decided. You do not have to be in bondage to anything. Do not be, don't let the world fool you. Don't let this, this world fool Oh, no, oh, oh, this is something you're going to struggle with, with for the rest of your life. The devil is a lie. He says, I... I've already deprived it of the power to harm you. I've already, I've already won. I've already taken over. This. You don't have to worry about it. So, okay, Pastor, I hear what you're saying. So, so then why is it hard for me to have peace? Because if he's won and if, if he's already taken it, then why do I still feel anxiety? Why do I, I still feel uh, uh, this sense that something is going to go wrong? Why, why do I still battle with this thing? Why do we go back and forth? When we have peace, 
this week I had opportunities to go back and forth. As we're walking through this season in, in, in our life, in this church, in your life, you will have opportunities to go back and forth. Why is it hard? The reason is very simple. It's because we're not guarding our peace. It's because we're not guarding our peace. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6. I want to start at and go 6 through 8. He says, do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, every circumstance, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known. We read that last week. Let's pick it up in verse 7. And the peace of God, the peace that reassures the heart, the peace that transcends all understanding. The peace which stands guard over your heart and mind in Christ Jesus is yours. He said it's yours. He said the peace is yours. Verse 7, he says, you will know. You will, you, you will know that God heard your prayer. That prayer that he's talking about in verse 6, he says, prayer and petition with thanksgiving. You will know that he heard your prayer, not because it's solved, but because of the peace and reassurance that God will give you. Yeah. See, the peace will transcend understanding. What does that mean? It means that people aren't going to know why you have peace in the middle of the storm, yeah. but you will. Yeah. You will know. You will know because you have his peace. Not your peace. You have his peace. We have the peace of God. And then he says, this peace that will guard your, stand guard over your heart and your mind. He says, that peace is yours. He says, that peace that will guard. It's like if God puts soldiers around your feelings and your thoughts, that peace is just guarding us. Nope, nope, mm-mm. Don't come in here. Ah, nope. There's centuries standing there uh, guarding your feelings, guarding your thoughts. So then why do we go back and forth? Verse 8. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is worthy of respect, right, and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure, wholesome, lovely, whatever brings peace and is admirable and is of good report, uh, reputation if there is any excellence if there is anything worthy of praise think continually on these things center your mind on them and implant them in your heart so we prevent this back and forth we prevent our, our peace from being robbed we prevent this, this peace, chaos, peace, chaos. We prevent that by dwelling on these things. The reason that we have this back and forth, the reason that we don't keep our peace is because we don't dwell on the things. We don't dwell on these things. 
Instead, we dwell on things that are set in opposition to the peace that we're asking for. We will mull over a lie and we'll play the lie out and, and we'll, we'll go over it in our head. We'll, we'll think about the things that could happen that are disastrous. We, we entertain these messages that work against our peace. And then anxiety returns, and, and then frustration returns, and then depression returns, and these things, and the peace that God has given us is lost. No, God didn't take it away. We surrendered it by letting our present dictate our heart instead of the promise. We let our present dictate our heart instead of the promise that God has given us. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, one of my favorite scriptures, it says, Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. And above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. He says, keep guard over your heart. You got to watch what you're thinking. You got to watch what you're watching. You got to watch what you're listening to. You got to watch what conversations you're having. You got to watch what you're entertaining. Why? Because all of it is designed to attack your peace. Guard your peace. If you're tired of going back and forth, if you're tired of struggling, you got to guard your peace. Think on these things. And I know it's hard. It's hard, especially as creatives. There's a lot of creatives. We can take one thing, and in five minutes, we can draw that thing 50 million different ways, just like that. But he says we have to focus. We have to think about what we're thinking about. We have to watch what we're watching. We have to be protective over these things. He said, because out of it flows the issues of life. We have to stop surrendering our peace. We have to stop surrendering our peace. This season and other seasons will present plenty of opportunities for you to walk in fear. This season will present plenty of opportunities for you to have anxiety and worry and doubt and unbelief. But those are not the shoes of a believer. What shoes are you wearing? What is it that you're walking in? Paul says, walk in the shoes of peace that comes from knowing who we are and whose we are. From knowing that Jesus Christ has overcome the world and no matter how hard it seems, no matter how difficult life seems, no matter the chaos that's going on, no matter the victory, no matter the uh, uh, situations you face, we have the victory because we walk in the peace of God. We walk in the peace of God. I'm going to read this last scripture. It's not up there, so... Turn into your Bibles or your app. It's Colossians. Actually, I think I did put it in there. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. I'm going to close right here. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. It says, let the peace of Christ, the inner calm 
of one who walks daily with him be the controlling factor in your heart. He says, let it be the controlling factor in your heart. Deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, you were called as members in one body of believers. And be thankful to God always. He says, let this peace be the controlling factor in your heart. It says, let it be the controlling factor. Let it be the, the uh, another scripture says, let it be the umpire. The umpire in the game, he, uh, the umpire makes the calls. He says, whether it's a strike, whether it's out, whether it's a foul, he says, he says, let peace make the call. Let the peace of God make the call in your life. What is the controlling factor in your heart? Because questions will arise. Situations will arise. The enemy will attack. But what are you going to decide is the controlling factor in your life? What are you going to decide? You have to make up in your mind. I will be moved by peace. And peace alone. I I'm going to allow the peace of God to direct my life. If I don't have peace about it, I'm not going to do it. I don't care what, what you say or how you feel about it or what you think. That's, I'm, I'm going to let the peace of God be the deciding factor in my life. Not what it looks like. Not what people say. Not what the news says. Not what other people have said. Not what it, what it No, 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 no. I'm going to let the peace of God be the controlling factor in my heart. Put on your shoes. Put on your shoes. If you get in a situation and you, you feel fear, you feel anxiety, you feel worry, put on your shoes. If you got to go to the closet and put them on, just put on shoes. Put on peace of God make that the decision something arises you say no I'm going to take a second you know what I'm, I'm, I'm just going to pray I'm, I'm going to pray I'm, I'm going to get in my word I'm, I'm going to spend some time in worship and, and I'm going to let the peace of God make the decision but you don't understand, we got to have, have an answer right now. Well, you're just going to have to wait. Well, I need to make a decision right now. Okay. Then put on your shoes, get with God, and let peace be the deciding factor in your life. Guard your peace, people. Guard your peace with all diligence. Guard your peace. It doesn't matter what it is. The enemy will use anything and everything to try to attack that peace. But make a decision today that I am going to guard my peace. I'm going to let God, I'm going to let that peace be the controlling factor in my life. The thing about peace is that peace comes from the assurance of Jesus. And so the way that you get peace first 
is you have to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Because otherwise, that's why the enemy is wreaking havoc in your life. Because there's nothing guarding your heart. Or worse, you're trying to do it yourself and failing. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today is the day that you get peace. Today is the day that you make a decision to allow Christ to rule your life, to allow that peace to be the umpire of your life.